0: 70 years with KBS World Radio, 70 years of global Korea. Throughout the year, we celebrate the 70th anniversary of KBS World Radio with the voices of our listeners from all over the world.
1: Hai, coba kembali bersama saya, Eko Endriwiono, dari Nganjuk, Jawa Timur. Di tengah modernisasi KBS Hi, it's a pleasure to say hi to you all. My name is Echo Endri Wiono, and I'm from Eastern Java, Indonesia. Thanks to KBS World Radio, I feel like I can keep up with the fast-changing modern world. KBS World Radio's easily accessible platforms are a blessing to many listeners, including a long-time listener like myself, who enjoys shortwave radio at night. KBS World Radio is very special. Everyone knows about K-pop these days, not just the young people, but the older generations as well. KBS World Radio is the quintessential K-pop channel that brings the whole package. Congratulations on your 70th birthday, and I will look forward to the channel's continued success in the future. Hating. Semuanya
0: berpadu dalam K-pop. Selamat ulang tahun KBS World. Semoga semangat. 70 years with KBS World Radio, 70 years of global Korea. KBS World Radio brings Korea to you wherever you are.
2: Hello, it's Tuesday, the 17th of October, and welcome to Korea 24. I'm your host, Kwon Jang-ho. A U.S. B-52 strategic bomber has landed in South Korea for the first time in the latest shell force by the allies against North Korea's threats. We'll have more details in news briefing shortly. Social media platforms have been flooded with fake news, videos and images in the wake of the Israel-Hamas conflict. We find out more about the phenomena and discuss the risk it poses for our in-depth today. And coming up for Touch Basins Hall, we'll be joined by this year's winner of KBS World Radio's Korean Language Speech Contest. We have all that and more coming up on today's play Twenty Four.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I present you the Black Eagles. 여러분, 대한민국 Black 블랙이글스입니다.
2: South Korean and U.S. fighter jets scrambled at supersonic speed near South Korea's capital. This was to mark the biennial Seoul Aerospace and Defense exhibition which kicked off on Tuesday with aerobatics performed by Korea's Black Eagles. This year's exhibition is the largest ever event of its kind in
0: South Korea.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the B 52, Stratter's Fortress is approaching. In an
2: apparent show of air supremacy, US F 35 Stealth and other cutting edge fighters, as well as a B 52 strategic bomber, joined the air show. Following the commemorative flight, the B 52 took part in a combined aerial exercise as well over the peninsula alongside South Korea's F 35A fighters. For this and our other major headlines of the day, we have in the studio with us Deputy Editor-in-Chief of KBS World's English News Service, Kim Ingyung. Young, hello. Hello, chang So a US B-52 strategic bomber landed in South Korea and it was the first time that has ever happened. While the uh, nuclear-capable bomber has been deployed over the Korean Peninsula in the past for joint air drills with the South Korean Air Force, it has never previously landed at a local air base. So, what's behind this unusual move then?
4: Outwardly, the B 52 arrived in the country to take part in Seoul's defense exhibition called the 8 but it's a warning to the North, which has recently amended its constitution to bolster and expand its nuclear force. The deployment is also a result of a joint declaration issued by the leaders of South Korea and the US this April, in which Washington pledged to enhance the regular visibility of strategic assets on the Korean Peninsula as part of its efforts to deter North Korea's military threats. Along with the commemorative flight at the exhibition, the aircraft took part in a combined aerial exercise over the peninsula alongside South Korea's F-35A fighters. South Korea's Air Force called the move a demonstration of the Allies' outstanding operational capabilities and Washington's commitment to extend extend deterrence for the defense of South Korea. Pyongyang has responded sensitively to the bomber's appearance in South Korean airspace and is widely expected to strongly protest its arrival.
2: Going back to the exhibition, during the opening of the six-day ADEX early in the day, President Yoon Yao pledged to actively support the growth of the nation's defence industry. What else did he say?
4: He said South Korea has evolved from a country reliant on in international aid and imports to an exporter of cutting-edge fighter planes. Yoon called the defense sector a strategic industry for South Korea that supports national security and the economy, and that cooperation with other countries has expanded from arms exports to other sectors, including supplies of equipment and parts, educational training, and joint research and development. It was also noteworthy that Yoon made no remarks on North Korea or communist forces, unlike previous addresses at security events. The Change comes to the presidential office said that it will focus on the economy and people's livelihoods rather than ideological matters following last week's crushing defeat in the by-election for Kangso district chief, which was considered a bellwether for, of voter sentiment ahead of next year's parliamentary elections.
2: Meanwhile, the joint chiefs of staff drew direct and indirect links between Palestine's Hamas militant group and North Korea in a wide range of areas, including arms training uh, arms trade, tactical doctrine and training. Can you tell us more?
4: Yes. Yeah, speaking to local media outlets on Tuesday, a high-ranking JCS official suggested that the Hamas tactic of incursion by motorized paragliders could have originated in the North, pointing to the regime's reinforced air infiltration training using paragliders. The officials said the Palestinian group's anti-tank weapon, reported in the media as an F-7, is the name given to the North's RPG-7 rocket-propelled grenade launcher when exported to another country. The official noted the detection of reported signs, repeated signs, that Pyongyang is sending various weapons to countries and militant groups in the Middle East, specifically citing the identification of North korean made 122-millimeter multiple rocket launchers in border areas around Israel. The official also discussed the possibility that the North could apply Hamas' offense strategy in a surprise attack against the South. The JCS says that Hamas' attack in the early hours on a holiday... The incapacitation of Israel's Iron Dome air defense system through an inundation of rockets and the destruction of surveillance and communication systems by drones resemble a scenario of asymmetric invasion by the North.
2: It's expected that North Korea will issue a statement in reaction to the B-52 bomber landing in Korea. But in the meantime, it made other statements in response to recent moves by South Korea and the US to enhance deterrence. What did it say?
4: North Korea reaffirmed at the UN meeting on Monday that it will not give up its nuclear weapons nor its status as a nuclear state. Separately, in an article carried by the North's official Korean Central News Agency on Tuesday, North Korea accused the United States of worsening the international situation by deploying nuclear assets on the Korean Peninsula, warning of a, quote, overwhelming and decisive response to any attempt to provoke a nuclear war.
2: Let's shift to domestic news now. Regarding consideration by the government... To raise the med school quota, can you tell us the latest?
4: Yes, Health Minister Cho Kyung said on Tuesday that an increase in the number of doctors cannot be delayed any longer, and called on the Korean Medical Association, which has been against the move, to suggest a more specific and feasible solution. Speaking at the fifth Medical Manpower Expert Committee meeting, Cho said that the need for an increase in the number of doctors is greater than ever pointing out a shortage in paediatric and emergency room doctors in the nation. He said there have been 14 meetings between the health ministry and the KMA over the past 10 months, but no progress in a decision on the enrollment quota.
2: The KMA was set to hold a meeting on Tuesday evening with other provincial and regional representatives in the medical industry to share opinions and reveal its position on the government's measures. Uh, What can we expect from this meeting?
4: Well, a KMA official said on Tuesday, a KMA official representative on Monday slammed the government's announcement that a significant increase is under consideration, so we can expect strong opposition to the government's move. The representative said the government's political notions will destroy the healthcare system and threaten people's well-being, urging active consultations between the health ministry and the KMA. This comes amid consideration by the administration to expand the annual intake of medical students by 1,000, over the current limit of 3,058 that has been in effect since 2006.
2: Finally, the Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung appeared for his second trial on Tuesday over charges related to corruption in the Tejiangdong and Wide land development projects and bribery related to the Sungnam Football Club. Can you tell us more?
4: Yes, Lee is facing accusations that he used insider information in the development projects to facilitate windfall profits for developers, as well as claims of trading administrative favors for sponsorships of Songnam FC, of which he was the de facto president while serving as mayor of the city. This marks the fourth time that the DP leader has been put on trial since the start of the Yoon sung administration. He didn't make any statements by, to the press.
2: That's all for our news briefing today. In-young, thank you for those reports.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: You're hearing now is a viral video posted on X, which claimed to show a Hamas fighter shooting down an Israeli helicopter. It turned out though that the clip was from a video game called Armour 3. Hours after Hamas attacked Israel earlier this month, the social media was filled with fake videos, images and misleading information. Other examples include an Israeli woman being attacked in Gaza, which turned out to be from Guatemala in 2015, and reports that a top Israeli commander was kidnapped, which Israel later confirmed was false. Despite much of this content being debunked, they still spread across the internet, potentially colouring people's perceptions and opinions. To discuss this issue of fake news and how it could affect the general public, especially On a sensitive and divisive issue like the Israel-Hamas conflict, we have joining us on the line now Paul Bernal, Professor of Information Technology Law at the University of East Anglia. Professor, hello and thank you for your time today. It's a pleasure. Can we begin with a general overview of fake news? For our listeners, can you explain for us, fill us in on how serious and prevalent fake news is and misinformation on social media and can you give us some examples?
5: Okay, so I think the first thing to say is that fake news has always existed. I mean, it's been we have records of fake news from um, a thousand years ago. It's been something that's that's happened pretty much all the time through history. What makes it different now is the mechanisms through which it can be created and through which it can be spread, and particularly since social media became um, one of the main ways that people get their information and, in particular, get their news it's become an increasing um, an increasing problem. And um, part of that problem is that people have found ways to make money out of um, fake news. They make money um, by effectively attracting people to their sites to get them to click. And now with Elon Musk's version of, of new version of Twitter, X, um, he has an en- engagement system, which means that pe- effectively people with the new um, paid for blue ticks get money by the number of people who engage with their um, their tweets. And that means they have to make tweets that are attractive. And one of the things that we've learned from um, studying fake news over the last four or five years in particular is that fake news is often more attractive than real news. And that means people go for it more than they go for new- for, for real news. And you gave a very good example in your, your introduction of the footage from a video game that is naturally more attractive. Video games are designed to be kind of sexy and exciting and, and so on than real news footage might be. And you also tailor the fake news to suit the preconceptions and prejudices of your potential readers. So if everyone wants to see Hamas shooting down an Israeli um, fighter, they'll create an image of that they describe as Hamas shooting down an Israeli fighter and so on. And Effectively, fake news can be more or less anything. It can be fake uh, pictures or videos or pictures or videos of one thing that are labeled as another. And again, you gave a, a, a good example of actually images from Guatemala. We've had for, on, in, in Israel and Palestine, we've had um, pictures from more or less every conflict that I can think of in the last 20 years claiming to be from Gaza or from Israel everywhere. I mean, relatively similar places like Syria. To, as you say, Guatemala, we've had scenes from African wars, we've had scenes from the Far East, all kinds of things that are just described as as though they were Israel and Palestine, because the people who put them out there can make money by other people clicking on them.
2: As you said, it's long been an issue uh, on social media and... On various platforms, not just on uh, Twitter or X, as it's now called, uh, as we've said, but uh, they've all had different ways to try and tackle it on various levels. Uh, you mentioned how Twitter uh, has the uh, Blue Tick uh, service for paid users. Uh, one of its, uh, another one of its uh, eye-catching recent developments is, of course, how. It's tackling, supposedly tackling fake news, a new community fact checking feature. And it was promoted by Elon Musk as uh, the the owner of uh, X as a way to detect misleading information on X, but did not function effectively, or less not quickly enough amid a flood of content related to the Israel-Hamas conflict. Uh, Part of the challenge has to do with the changes uh, Musk brought in uh, earlier this year, which in a sense which in essence broke down barriers to
5: free speech. What is your analysis of the situation? So there are are complicated things going on here. Um, In the old system, um, before um, Elon Musk took over, there were were teams of um, content moderators who were um, reviewing stuff and then taking it down relatively fast if it was clearly um, fake or damaging. And you could refer a, a, a tweet to... The team to have a look at, um, and particularly during the COVID pandemic, when another form of misinformation was extremely popular, this this was something that that they put a lot of money into. Musk did the opposite. Musk disbanded the teams checking it, and instead moved to this idea of effectively getting the community to check it. So the community notes are added by people on Twitter. But the trouble is, though that works well if you have trustworthy people in the community when you don't it actually does the opposite and part of the problem here is the way he's dealt with the um the 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 blue ticks in the old days the blue tick was a verified a verifying system that confirmed that the person was who they said they was uh, they were and it was mostly journalists media people celebrities some academics business people and so on but it was confirming who they were now musk didn't like that He got rid of that and instead allowed people to effectively buy their um, blue ticks. Now, in the new world, the blue ticks give you the right to add the community notes. So actually what the community notes are is things that have been put in by people who've paid for their account. Now, if you think everyone who pays for an account is going to be a good person, then you're rather naive because... The trolls and misinformation people went straight in and bought lots and lots of blue ticks. So now many of the blue ticks are exactly the opposite of the people that we would like to be um, to, 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 to trust to verify information. So as soon as commun- when community notes first came out, they were very useful because the community was using them in a in a um, good faith way. But fairly soon the same people who put out misinformation began to put out community notes as well. And that creates a mess. It means that you can't trust the community note. So if you can't trust the community note, you can't trust their analysis of what a a tweet is. And then you can't tell whether a tweet is an honest one or or, or not. Mm. And it it makes the whole thing incredibly messy. And it all comes down to this idea that somehow creating a free-for-all will create wisdom. Crowd crowdsourced wisdom is the, is the idea, and in practice, it can very easily be, be overtaken by um, bad actors, by people who, who do not have the truth as their main name, main but either want to make money or want to um, push a particular political agenda.
2: Not only that, the content itself is also advancing with technology. Another fairly recent phenomenon is a rise in concerns over fabricated images and videos, particularly deep fake videos, which are yeah. proving to be extremely difficult to identify as real or fake. Can you fill us in on deep fakes and how hard it is to detect deep fakes as well so the, the, the
5: idea about deep fakes is, is that they effectively Create an image of something that didn't happen, or they create an image of, of, of somebody doing something that they didn't do, and effectively that they uh, they're, they're, they're kind of superimposing the image of, an, of a of a real person over some other image. So one of the original applications was in pornography, where they would take a porn film and make it look as if some celebrity was actually in the, the in the porn film. Um, porn is where a lot of the money is on, on the internet, of course. But then it goes political. So you could create a deep fake, which would be um, of, for example, um, the leader of Hamas saying something particularly bad, or the president of, of, of Israel saying something particularly bad. Um, I haven't seen any of those yet. We did have it and still do have it in the Russia Ukraine conflict, where they 've created speeches by Putin and by Zelensky, saying exactly the opposite of what Putin and Zelensky might actually want to do, so you can create them but the the the, the background to this is the way you create them is by scraping from the internet real images and real videos of people so if you 've got lots and lots and lots of photos of you on the internet, then if somebody wants to, they can use those those um, images. To help create a deep fake image or indeed a deep fake video. With um, politicians, of course, they're always on the internet. There are lots and lots of pictures of all of them, so it's relatively easy to use those to create um, the deep fakes. And at first glance, the deep fakes look very much like the real thing. Mm. And if you're using social media, so you're scrolling things through quickly, you're glancing at pictures or having the video on in the background while you do something else, you're not going to check in such detail to know whether it's the real thing or not. And, and for that reason, deep fakes work extremely well. And um, you can detect them currently if you look very carefully. Sometimes you can work out that this can't, this can't be real, um, and they do take quite a lot of effort to create, so you're not going to find too many of them, but each time they could be something that has a significant impact on your on the impression you have of something that's going on.
2: Right, and as technology advances, it will be harder and harder to spot, uh, of course, yeah. and it will be easier. Uh, they will easier. get better and better. Indeed. But then for the informed public to stay informed, uh, we need to be able to discern what's real and what's not. So then, Professor, how do we identify fake news, false information, uh, what practices can we
5: adopt? Well, it's very difficult. I mean, I, th- I think the first thing to, to, to acknowledge is that this is not something that's easy for us to do and it's something that that is going to be an increasing problem. And it's something that we would like to be able to trust the social media companies to do for us, to, to, to weed out the, the, the fakes and to ban accounts that keep creating fakes and so on. And and one of the the things that people are angriest with Elon Musk about is that he's doing exactly the opposite. He's absolutely not going to do that. And said, he's basically said he's not going to do that. He's going to rely on the, the, the wisdom of the crowd to deal with it and that, that really doesn't work. So standard things that we always used to talk about still apply, double check, always go, always check that if you see something, check for other sources of the same of the same information. Don't rely on unreliable sources. So um, be willing to change what you listen to and what you read. If a particular newspaper is actually very misleading, just don't read it. And if a particular social media site is full of um, false information and fake fake um, stories, just stop using it. And we have to use, we have to work with our um, kind of work with our work with our power and our power is as potential customers and so on and if lots of people leave somewhere they're more likely to do something about what the problem uh, the problem is and um, the other thing is to, to to keep talking about it and a lot of older people are worried that the younger people are susceptible to to fake news and of course there is a certain degree of that because they do often go to the places where the fake news might be but it's really important for us to understand that in some ways, and in certain situations, older people are more likely to be fooled yeah. by fake news. Yeah. And part of that is because there's kind of complacency. You think you're going to be able to, do, to deal with it. Part of it is because um, we, have our, we older people are more likely to be set in our ways, and we're more likely to be easily profiled by the people who create the fake news, so they will create it to be convincing for us. And um, we are often fooled.
2: Another way might be to deal with fake news is to try to stop it at the source. Is there anything that can be done to prevent the spread of fake news and false information?
5: Well, I think, I think that's in some ways down to the, the, the social media companies. That if they, if they um, analyse the patterns of behaviour, of, of particularly the bigger accounts, and they find that those bigger accounts are spreading fake news, they should simply block them. And they should discourage them, and they should limit their um, their um, abilities you know so so prevent for example someone on Twitter from from retweeting for a certain amount of time, prevent them from using the accounts for a certain number of time, and even ultimately banning them and again this is this is something that to a, to a degree was happening in Twitter before Elon Musk took over, and still does happen on Facebook for example um, but the tendency now is not to go that way. And if you go that way, you're also leaving yourself open to censorship because if you know that an organization is going to be controlling and corralling the information that's go- that goes out to its users, you as a government, for example, might want to make sure that opposition messages or stories that do down your government don't get, even if they're true, don't get spread so easily. So it's, it's it's really rather... It's a risky strat- strategy mm. to do, to to bring more of this in. So it's it's not easy. I mean, I think that's the most important thing to understand: is this is really not easy.
2: Right, it's a complicated matter, indeed. Uh, finally, one last issue that has arisen from all this as well: the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas has led to an increase in people. Uh, seeking updates on news sites and social media, but much of the content being shared can be disturbing and may not be suitable for children. In fact, schools in Israel, the UK and the US are even advising parents to go as far as deleting social media from their children's phones in the wake of the war over concerns of disturbing uh, videos and images. What kind of measures should be taken to tackle this issue as well, Professor? Yeah.
5: I mean, this is obviously a, a serious and important issue, but but we need to be very careful about how we do it. So this was, in some ways, where where the um, content moderation teams in both Twitter and Facebook and others, where where, where it first began, when there were um, very disturbing videos being put out by um, ISIS um, of things like beheadings and so on. Um, they wanted to stop those getting to the people, so so actually they had whole teams. And they still do in Facebook, how the whole team's checking everything. And if there's something that's disturbing, they they simply um, remove it. And in practice, that may be the best way, because um, I hate to be too cynical about it. But if you're going to tell parents to delete social media apps from their kids' um, phones, you're not going to succeed. Because the kids will bring them, put them back in. And kids are often much more technically able than their parents and we'll find ways to get round that kind of thing. Much better is to help children, and that, particularly teenagers, to, to understand how to avoid them themselves, and to remind them not to click on, on images and things like this, and just to, to to talk to them about what they're seeing. I mean, you're not gonna stop it appearing, but if you stop them being so disturbed by it, then that's a much more practical way to actually to actually deal with it. I don't think in practice you're going to stop um, kids using social media. Um, what we need to do is to make the social media more likely to be um, navigatable by, by the kids. I, w- I wouldn't say safer because therein lies another danger. You, mm. you, you choose what's, what they can find and so on. But um, to make them to help the kids to be able to, to manage the situation themselves.
2: Well, we appreciate your advice today, Professor. And while it may be, of course, an uphill struggle for now, we hope it can help our listeners stay more accurately informed and safer online as well. Uh, We'll leave it there. We've been talking to Professor Paul Bernal from the University of East Anglia. Thank you once again for your time.
5: Thank you very much.
0: Welcome to the Korea24 Stock and Forex Update. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 23.93 points, or 0.98% on Tuesday, to close the day at 2,460.17. The tech-heavy KOSDAQ also rose, gaining 9.84 points, or 1.21%, to close at 820.38. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 0.11 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,353.61. You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr.
2: Next up, we turn now to Korea Trending, our daily segments where we take a look at some other news stories that have been trending online. And for that, we have with us contributor Diane Yu in the studio. Diane, hello. It's great to see you. Hello, Django. Okay, what do you have for us first today?
3: The importance of road markings where they draw the lines between lanes cannot be overstated when it comes to road safety. However, citizens' complaints about lane visibility, saying that it's hard to notice them on the road, have more than doubled in four years. According to data from the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transport on Tuesday, the number of complaints due to poor visibility of lanes consecutively rose from 55 in 2019 to 126 last year. And there were 91 related complaints that occurred from just January to August this year.
2: Right, so that means this year's figure is on course to surpass last year's. This Mm -hmm. is an issue uh, most prevalent when it rains. Uh, As a driver in Korea myself, I can attest that I have experienced roads where the road markings become barely visible Mm. in the rain. It's no surprise that there have been complaints. Which areas received the most complaints about lane visibility?
3: Looking at the regions where civil complaints occurred from 2019 to August of this year, Gyeonggi province had the most with 135 cases, taking up more than 30% of the entire pie. This was followed by 100 25 cases in north and south Gyeongsang provinces 109 cases in north and south chungcheong provinces and 27 cases in gangwon province
2: this is a serious situation because inevitably if you can't see the road markings it will lead to a uh, a rise in the number of car accidents?
3: Of course, if lanes are not clearly visible, the risk of accidents due to crossing the centre line as well as lane departure increases. Then the life of all the drivers on the road is at stake. And the statistics from 2018 to 2022 released by the Road Traffic Authority shows that the proportion of centre line violations in traffic accidents throughout the year is around 4%. That number jumps up to 5.25% in the summer from June to August, This appears to be due to lower lane visibility on rainy roads. So the lawmakers are urging the government to come up with measures fast to ensure the security of the citizens when driving.
2: So this issue is apparently unscrupulous uh, companies that paint the lines Mm. who do not use the proper paint with glass beads Mm -hmm. that reflect light and make the lanes visible. Uh, They are using inferior materials to cut costs. And it's this sort of a practice that needs to be tackled It is rather shocking when you consider lives could be at risk. Yeah. So hopefully it will be addressed soon. Let's move on to the second story now. What do you have for us?
3: Bed bugs infestations have made headlines globally, mainly from the number of the insects found in Paris, as well as news that London was seeing a similar problem. However, most shockingly, some were discovered in a sauna in Incheon. The insects are small and flat and feed solely on the blood of people and animals while they sleep. According to Incheon's Saw district on Monday, one live bed bug and one larva were recently found under a mat in the sauna.
2: This is very concerning as an infestation can spread like wildfire if not dealt right. with quickly, mm-hmm. as we're seeing in places like Paris and London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe this case in Incheon was Initially revealed by a social media influencer, right?
3: Right. This inspection was conducted after a video by a content creator called Tahuk was released uh, showing that bed bugs were found in the said establishment. Tahuk said in the video that he discovered about eight altogether. Previously, it was near impossible to find bed bugs in Korea, especially during the 90s and early 2000s, but reports of their findings have reemerged.
2: Yes, it has also been reported that the sauna in question had been following disinfection and cleaning rules set by the law, right?
3: Yes, it was confirmed that the established establishment complied with all procedures for disinfecting and cleaning facilities in accordance with the Public Health Management Act. In particular, the sauna is said to have started taking action against bedbugs a month ago, but was not successful in fully eradicating them. Accordingly, it has decided to suspend uh, operations for a while and carry out disinfection work together with the District Public Health Centre.
2: Yes, this really needs to be tackled quickly before Mm. it becomes a bigger and more serious issue. For sure. Let's uh, move on to the last story. What do you have for us?
3: The Olympic Games is the largest celebration of sport in the world. And in the 2028 LA Games, we will be able to see more different types of events. A total of five sports have been added to the 2028 Olympics after they were approved by the International Olympic Committee's executive board on Monday, Korea time in Mumbai, India. According to reports, only two out of 90 IOC members opposed the uh, adoption of the newest events. So it was almost a unanimous decision.
2: Yes, and among them, there are sports that have been played in the games before, while others are completely new. Can you tell us uh, which editions we'll be seeing?
3: Mm -hmm. Baseball and softball, cricket and lacrosse have been played at past competition. Flag football and squash will be making their debut in LA. Baseball, which was an official sport at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, disappeared from the 2012 London and 2016 Rio de Janeiro Games. It was brought back for the Tokyo Games in 2021, but was again omitted from the upcoming competition in Paris.
2: Yes, baseball fans will be excited to see it back at the big event.
3: Of course, all eyes are on whether the stars from Major League Baseball will be playing or not, as it will be held in the United States, the homeland of the game. Previously, MLB's secretariat had denied participation in the Olympics due to the fact that the regular season will be in full swing.
2: Uh, Meanwhile, I believe there's an interesting fact regarding cricket and lacrosse. They have both featured in the competition before, as you said, but uh, no one alive in this world right now would have seen them in person.
3: You're correct. Uh, Cricket will make a return after 128 years of absence, while lacrosse returns after 120 years. So it'll be almost like they are also having their debuts.
2: Yes, it'll be great to see squash finally get its debut as well. The sport has been campaigning for a very long time to be included. And it will be interesting to see what flag football brings to the event as well. That's all the time we have for today's Career Trending. Thank you for those stories, Diane, and we'll see you next time. See
3: you next time.
6: Uh, 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 That is the voice
2: of Joanna Reitzer from Poland, speaking in fluent Korean. And she is this year's winner of KBS World Radio's eighth uh, Korean language speech contest a competition where non-native speakers of Korean showcase their Korean language skills. This year, almost 900 people from 82 countries joined from around the world, sending in videos about this year's theme, which was places in Korea they want to visit. But coming out on top was Ms. Reitzer, and I'm delighted to say that for today's Touch Basin's Hole, she has joined us now in the studio. Miss Reitzer, hello and Thank you for coming today. 안녕하세요. 반갑습니다.
6: 안녕하세요. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Well, congratulations on winning the contest. You uh, so can you first introduce yourself to our listeners?
6: Of course. Shall I do it in Korean? Well, let's do it in English first and <laughs> then right, Korean afterwards. All yes. right. Um, hello, everyone. Joanna, um, I'm from Poland. I'm 25 years old. And, well, uh, my, um, let's say my journey with Korean uh, started, I guess, 10 or 11 years ago
2: and then can we get it in korean as well yes, just so we can get a taste of your korean language <laughs> skills as
6: well <laughs> 네, 여러분, uh,
2: okay so yes you said uh, your a language journey with a korean began 10 11 years ago can you tell us a bit more
6: um sure um so, basically, I was always, I mean, I've always been interested in uh, studying foreign languages. But I guess um, I was particularly interested in East Asian um, languages. Mm. And my older sister, uh, go um, she actually was really interested in Japanese culture first. But then she also started to, like, you know, um, try some new things. And then she got to know about uh, Korean culture, some music and stuff like this. So um, she sort of introduced that to me. And, well, I just got amazed. Uh, I mean, I felt that Korean sounds really amazing. And it was just, you know, um, it's it, it began to be my hobby. So I just... Since then, I started to um, study it by myself since, you know, it's been quite a while. So there were, there was not, I mean, it wasn't really possible to get any sort of like books or something like this. So, right. yeah, so I just, I wanted to try whatever way I can and yeah.
2: <laughs> so you went, decided by yourself to learn Korean. I understand that you did study uh, English and Chinese at university level as well. So you were clearly a talented linguist. But then to try and learn Korean by yourself at a time, as you said, 10 years ago, when there wasn't that much material out there for uh, learners of
6: Korean uh, in the English language, that must have been quite challenging. Indeed, it it was. But um, I think I was really motivated and... Um, what
2: were you motivated by? Because you said your sister <SSsassau> yeah. introduced you to <Ssassau> yeah. the language. But... <Ssassau> I was,
6: yes, um, I was really motivated because um, I think uh, those times were quite hard for me. I mean, um, I could, I didn't really feel like I fit in in the, uh, let's say, um, in the group when it comes to uh, my school. Mm. <Ssassau> I couldn't really find anyone that I could, you know. Talk to, and I think all all the stress that I got in school sort of, um, I could I could sort of like heal it Mm. by uh, by you know enjoying some shows or, um, you know know, Korean music and then the the uh, the language itself. So, um, yeah, I think Korean sort of healed my you know inner.
2: Wow, that's a very powerful and moving story. Yeah. Uh you said career music and T V shows. Uh yes. you that's I uh, remember from your video that you yeah. uh gave for the uh, yes. uh for the for yes. the competition as well. You talk yes. about your uh passion, your interest in K pop as well.
6: E- exactly, yes. Um I think um as it is popular right now as well, um Hallyu was, you know, sort of like um Mm, channel that got me into the the culture so that was the very first uh, thing that I could you know get to know about and then slowly gradually I started uh, being interested in some more things and as for now I really love Korean musicals and theater so and of course the culture and language so you know, gradually I started from from K-pop, but it's not only uh, this part of culture that I love. So, um, yes, I think the more you know about it, the more you realize that there's so so there are so many things more to uh, to, to 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 just uh, learn and know sure. about. So. I love it that you know <laughs> it's never like you can just say yes I know everything about this country and this culture it's like the more you get into it the the, the deeper you get um it it always just amazes me and you know yeah
2: sure even as uh for koreans i think uh they will feel that way about their own culture but i'm sure it must be exciting especially uh for someone uh, who's learning the language new as well uh, to discover this new world uh we've had past winners of the competition on our show before and it's always interesting it's sometimes a shame because we are an english language radio show so we can't do interviews in korean and fully appreciate your uh, korean skills uh but even in the snippet we just heard uh, for you saying earlier, we could tell that you have uh, incredible... Uh, pronunciation and a, and a very clear accent. How did you work on that? Because I can understand perhaps learning Hangul from uh, books because that is quite uh, uh, easy to learn and intuitive. But uh, pronunciation and accents, that can be a, a yeah, challenge. It's it always is. been fascinating to me.
6: It is. It really is. And you know what, um, since I started learning Korean, because like I just want to give some uh, behind story about this um actually it's been like i started uh learning korean um first by approaching it from english side because um you know uh there weren't materials in polish Mm. so i i just had to sort of boost up my english skills in order to understand the grammar and
2: right and
6: some other stuff so that was the very first step that i took and i felt like i need to boost up my english skills so I started learning English. I started uh looking for people that I could practice my English with and, you know, um in the meantime, I I've been trying to study Korean as well. And I you know, I think it's really important to understand how um how the whole, you know, pronunciation things works. I believe you really need to listen. You really need to, mm. you know, sort of like immerse yourself in the in the in the in the in the culture and just you know even if you're not in an environment I mean because I couldn't uh, go to Korea because it's quite far right <laughs> so I've been trying to you know look for whatever media I can and actually uh, in the past my dad used to have KBS World Channel right
2: interesting okay yes
6: On his TV so. Um I really loved how you <laughs> you just, you know, um how to say that? You you provided the all the all the information, everything that a person like me would mm. like to know about in English. So that was a really great help, I could say. And well, you you do broadcast in English, but mm. then there are some people that are appear on the broadcast that speak Korean so. Sure. You know, I could compare and yes, I think basically just to, to to practice your pronunciation, you need to like immerse yourself and listen as much as you can.
2: Well, it's great to know that the KBS uh, World Service, whether it's TV or radio, uh, is helping people and is helping con- people connect with a Korea in this way. That's uh, great to know. So you've been learning Korea, but you're now living in Korea, yes, right? Yes. Uh, can you tell us about how you came to Korea and uh, what you're doing here now? Because I, it's not like KBS yes, flew you out for a yes, not yes, That yes, wasn't part of the, yes. of the prize this year.
4: <laughs> I think
6: um, things that are happening this year are quite surprising for me <laughs> because um, I've always wanted to come to Korea and sort of, you know, um, first of all, check my skills, but then you know just um immerse myself in the real in this r- real country not in the you know sort of compare, comparing to the imagination sure. of the korea that i had living back in poland i just wanted to come here so well since i've always studied korean by myself i was never sure about uh whether i can speak it or not believe me um <laughs> i had i had a lot of complexes Regarding that. And I just wanted to, you know, have this academic background. And um, since it wasn't possible for me to study Korean in Poland, mm. I decided that it would be a great opportunity to come to Korea and, you know, study the real Korean linguistics as, you know, the the older I get, right. the older I get, I get more interested in, in, in linguistics and mm you know, the, the, from the ac- academic sort of uh, perspective. So.
2: Sure. So you're studying uh, Korean Linguistics at the yeah. Academy of Korean Studies, yes, yes. Uh, I believe. And you've only uh, been in Korea for a month so far. Uh, yeah. How has it been?
6: It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> I think that, I mean, when I first came to uh, Korea, I was amazed, you know, there's this tongue, right, of Korean people, and so like,
2: right. So it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> it's a word that cannot be translated. Yes, famously.
6: yes. Like the people, people, the way they behave, they treat you is just amazing. Hmm. I think that um, these times people tend to be sort of like harsh towards each other because we're all living busy lives, but. It was different in Korea. So, you know, when I when I came and I felt this tongue once again, it it just, you know, makes me feel so peaceful and you know, it's really it's really weird because I feel like almost I'm you know, it's it's my second home or something like that. Even though it's been only a month. So I feel really safe, I feel really great and yeah, I'm I'm really thankful for, for this opportunity that my school gave me because Yes, it's 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 been hard to, to get here, but all the process or the documentation. I just, if I can, I would like to to express my uh, gratitude towards Ina uh, <laughs> and She helped me a lot during the process, and I'm really grateful for that. So,
2: well, it sounds like you've had a great start. Uh, what are your future goals then with learning Korean? Uh, what do you uh, imagine uh, this will leave? This will lead.
6: Mm, well, the I would say that uh, since it's been a long time, and I've tried to, you know, work on my Korean during uh, a lot of different ways. And I, I also have some experience uh, with translating. Mm. And at first, it was super stressful, because, you know, if you learn the language by yourself, you're never sure. <laughs> but then, when you're supposed to translate things, you need to understand it a little bit deeper. It's not just you know a uh, process of copying, pasting something. So, um, since I, I I have some experience in translating, I would like to work on that. Hmm. But that's not the only thing that I'm thinking of. I I think I would also like to start my career in academic. A sphere because, well, my mom and mm. my aunt they're they're also teachers. So
2: oh right, I see. Yeah, okay.
6: so this sort of background, uh, <laughs> it's it's really funny. It just led me to to realize after so many years that <laughs> well, maybe I should become a teacher. So. So probably in in this kind of sphere, I would like to, you know, grow up and...
2: Right. It's perhaps in your genes, as they say. Probably,
6: yes. <laughs> it probably, yes.
2: And finally, uh, we should uh, ask, it would be remiss for us not to ask, what tips or advice would you give to fellow uh, mm-hmm. Korean learners out there, especially as someone who has learned it so well over the years?
6: I think um, a lot of people are treating... Uh, learning a new language in sort of like a lot of people tend to think that it's something impossible to 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 do like because it is indeed really really hard but um, I would like everyone to think that it is a long process and and I would like all the people to just enjoy it because I think getting to know about and other languages um, broadens your perspective, broadens your inner self, and the way you perceive world. So, um, you know, of course, it is really good to to learn languages hmm. if you want to work with that. But that's not the only thing. So, sure. if you if you would like um, to learn it, just just try, give it a try, and it's not possible not to make mistakes. I think. Mistakes are create us and, um, you know, shape us in some ways. And if there are some people that can correct you, just do not treat it as something wrong. Just try to think about the mistakes that you made and try to sort of analyze them. And the last thing, uh, just immerse yourself in the language and in, in the environment because that's the most important thing, I think.
2: Okay, we'll leave it there, but we really appreciate you coming in today to speak to Thank us. You. And congratulations once again. We've been speaking to Yuana Reitzer, the winner of the KBS World Radio's 8th Korean Language Speech Contest. Thank you once again Thank for you your time.
6: Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is Broadway at Tohang Jumin. Now you're listening to
2: KBS World Radio. We've come to our closing segment now, Morning Edition Preview, where we take a look at some interesting features or reports coming out in tomorrow's newspapers, namely the Korea Times and the Korea Herald. And for that, we have joining us in the studio now our staff editor, Richard Larkin, Richard, hello, it's great to see you. Again. Hello, it's good to be back. Okay, so what's the first article that you have for us today? Well, we
1: have talked on the show before about how young Koreans are rediscovering older items and fashion from the 1980s and 90s. Mm. We are seeing a lot of retro trends these days in Korea. Right. Well, there is a new social media trend that kind of fits this category. It seems like many people, including celebrities, are sharing their old school transcripts online. That's what
2: Yun Min-sik's article in the hashtag Korea section of the Korea Herald is about. Right. So when we say school transcripts, Mm -hmm. they're essentially, uh, I guess, what we would call report cards uh, in the UK, uh, including comments by homeroom teachers where Mm. they get given a summary of each student's performance or anything notable right?
1: Exactly. It's also a chance to look back and see how much you have changed or if there (laughs) were signs that you would end up working in your chosen career or more. The trend has spread pretty quickly over the past few months and it is quite easy for Korean people to get a hold of their transcripts as there is a government portal that allows anyone who graduated from high school since 2003 to request a copy. This also explains why the trend is popular with younger people. It seems Mm. easier for them to get them. But yeah, over 2.8 million people requested school transcripts between July and September this year. The article explains that that's a sixfold increase compared to the same period last year.
2: (laughs) Right, so definitely seems to be uh, a popular practice at the moment, popular activity among young people, as you said. Do we know some of the comments, the sort of examples that uh, homeroom teachers have written in these uh, transcripts that uh, people have been uh, seeing? Yes, there were some included in the article. For actor and singer Suzy.
1: it seems like she was destined to become a singer. Her middle school teachers said she excelled in singing and that she had a lot of talent and drive, so she had a bright future. <laughs> On the other hand, K-pop star Hyeri showed through her middle school transcripts that her dream was to become a doctor, then a teacher, and then a flight attendant. It seems like... Similar to what many regular kids are like, they change their (laughs) dreams quite often, like me as well. A little different, yeah, to a chosen career path. But there were some signs. She apparently wrote that her hobby was dancing every year.
2: I think it is quite a fun uh, Mm -hmm. idea to look back at your school transcripts especially when it's so easy in Korea to get them online I do think uh, I think I might have some of my old school records Mm. uh, back home in the UK I wouldn't even know how to find them (laughs) yes I think I have some but I'm not sure I really want to look back on them
1: I wasn't (laughs) the best student I remember I excelled at languages so Mm. it kind of makes
2: sense why I'm in Korea and I'm learning Korean (laughs) wow okay yes it would be interesting to see that uh, you if your report cards do (laughs) say that but yes I'm not sure I would want to see mine I think I would cringe too much of my own report. Anyway, a fun trend that's happening in Korea. Let's Mm. move on. What else have you found in tomorrow's newspapers? Well, it's John Dunbar's article in the
1: Foreign Community section of the Korea Times. So Peace Corps Korea has a revisit program where people who volunteered with the Peace Corps in the past can return to Korea for a trip. This month, dozens of Americans will be visiting for some activities and to see how the country has changed. Yes, this sounds like a very uh, meaningful occasion for them. Mm. Can you walk us through the programme and who will be visiting? Sure. So it is organised by the Korea Foundation with funds from the National Assembly. A total of 50 participants and their families will be coming. The participants volunteered in Korea between 1966 and 1981. They helped with English education and health education and care. And they volunteered at schools, healthcare facilities and orphanages. Some also helped patients who had leprosy. The article mentions that many of the volunteers have not come back to Korea since their service 40 to 50 years ago.
5: Wow,
2: if it's been that long, I'm sure it's going to be a complete shock to them seeing (laughs) uh, how much the country has changed uh, over the past several decades. Uh, it's been pretty amazing. So mm. uh, what will they do during their visit? So they will visit
1: palaces and museums, you know, the typical tourist stuff, mm. as well as the former presidential office, Cheong Wa They will also attend briefings on Korea-US relations and Korea's education system. And they will then get the chance to go back to the sites where they originally posted. Mm. The Korea Foundation actually managed to find former colleagues and friends of the wow. volunteers
2: and has set up time for them to reconnect. Wow. So they've really really gone into detail yeah. for this trip finding those former colleagues and, and friends that's uh, quite impressive and quite yeah. uh, heartwarming as well exactly. I hope the uh, the the visitors uh, do have a good time mm. on their return to Korea okay we'll wrap it up there thank you for bringing us those stories Richard and we'll see you next time thank you that's where we wrap up our show today do join us again tomorrow for more news reviews and reviews from Korea till then we hope you have a wonderful day I've been your host Kwon jang and thank you as always for listening goodbye
4: KBS World Radio.